In this week's podcast, I'm delighted to be speaking to one of my colleagues, Chris Pope. He's a talent acquisition partner at Talk Talk, and today we'll be having an honest and open conversation for Mental Health Awareness Week. It's something both Chris and I feel is an important topic, but one that shouldn't only be discussed once a year. Hi, Chris. Hi, Casey. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks to you. Good. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Good to hear. And, and thanks for coming on the podcast today, Chris. So before we get into it, you've got quite a long job title, as I've just read out. So for anyone who's listening and wondering what that means, can you give us a quick overview of, of what your day job involves? Yeah, so I am in charge of the kind of staffing overall for direct consumer, B2B, uh, supply and partnerships and group product and data and analytics. So it's quite a big chunk and I would be partnering with the different hiring managers and the different business leaders to discuss their staffing needs, um, how we do it and any kind of strategies that we have and put in place to recruit for either large volume of roles like assessment centres or very niche roles where it's more proactive searching. But generally, it's just to make sure that the business is staffed correctly. Great. So you've got quite a responsibility to make sure that TalkTalk's running correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we're here for Mental Health Awareness Week today, having a quick chat, because out of hours and out of the office, you do something very different to all of those things you've just talked about. We're going to have a chat about Andy's Man Club today. So if you can tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so Andy's Man Club is a peer-to-peer support group. It's a national charity and it basically gives a safe place for men to meet every single week. So every single Monday, no matter the location, we meet at seven o'clock apart from bank holidays and we sit in a group or split into smaller groups if we've got large numbers of people attending and we will talk about any issues, any mental health aspects that a man would like to bring. So it could be mental health, it could be depression, it could be low mood, it could be anxiety, but it also it could be stress, it could be loneliness, isolation, health issues, it's just whatever that they're struggling with maybe or whatever's on the mind that week or has been over a little while so it just gives them a place to to come and talk and not feel judged just make sure it's safe and hopefully leave the meeting feeling slightly lighter so we would have five questions that we ask each week which are the first three stay the same every week so it's how has your week been give us a positive from your week and then is there anything you want to get get off your chest question one and question three are typically the largest And then we have two that change every week that bring everyone out of the meeting feeling a little bit lighter. So things like if you could go back in history, what day would you go back to, etc. So that's kind of how the meeting runs, but it stays very much the same and everyone gets the same opportunity to speak. It just helps men who stereotypically don't talk as much. It gives them a platform where they can actually explore the feelings that they've had and like I say, leave feeling that little bit better, a little bit lighter. That's the aim of, of the of the groups. And when you say that you meet in any location on a on a Monday evening, does that mean that they're all across the country? Are they all across Manchester? Yeah, all across the country, to be fair. So we've got over about 110 now groups across the country. I'm based up in Preston, so I help run the Preston group and we've got various others in the Northwest and we've got a couple in and around Manchester as well. 
But yeah, it is a national charity and we also have online options as well. So the aim is to have an Andy's Man Club location within an hour's drive of everyone in the UK. Obviously, that takes a little bit of time to set up. So at the moment, since COVID, we've got the online groups as well so that you can literally access it no matter where you are in the UK. Brilliant. It's it's so important as well. And there's a lot of conversations around men's mental health this week, especially. But one question I've got is, who is Andy? So Andy, who the charity is named after, uh, Andy is Andy Roberts. So he was a 23-year-old normal bloke living in Yorkshire. And on a Monday night, without warning, without sign, Andy unfortunately took his own life. And that's the reason why Andy's Man Club was set up. Luke Ambler is the founder. Uh, Luke Ambler is a semi-professional rugby player and he was the brother-in-law of Andy. And whilst this was all happening, he spoke to Andy's mum quite soon afterwards and wanted to set up a coffee group for, for men to talk and a few names went through and a few ideas of how the group would run and then eventually it landed on Andy's Man Club um, and it wasn't a coffee group, it ended up being a more peer-to-peer support group and, and that's how it started. So it all came from a, a terrible tragedy but the aim of the group now is to prevent that from happening to other families who might have people that are, that are struggling as well. Yeah and I suppose that's why it's on a, a Monday evening at the same time across the whole country. It's it, and it must be nice going to that meeting, knowing that there's people everywhere all sat in the same situation talking about similar things. Yeah, definitely. How many people across the country attend these meetings? Do you have like a ballpark figure? Yeah, so we get the figures each week for how many attend and obviously it does fluctuate. So I think the last set of numbers that we had, it was around about 3,000. So that's 3,000 people that have gone out and taken two hours out of their Monday evening to, to sit down and talk. So considering we've got around about 100 groups or just over, you're talking on average kind of 30 people a group, which is great if you think per kind of town and city. But even some cities now have three and four different groups. Leeds is one good example. I think they have four groups now just so that people can can attend no matter where they are in the in the country in the city I should say so I think that that's the aim for for us as well to have more in the local area so that people don't have to travel more uh, as well but yeah around 3,000 at the moment every week. Brilliant and how did you get involved with it Chris? So I'd been aware of Andy's Man Club for a few years before I got involved so I uh, have depression myself and have been through some pretty tough periods in life so I've felt low mood for quite a while, been recently diagnosed with ADHD, been through a couple of miscarriages with my ex-partner and obviously then a breakup and started suffering with panic attacks. So it's been a pretty tough kind of last five years. And so a couple of years ago, about two and a half years ago, when there was a group opening in Preston, I decided having been aware of AMC is what I would probably call it. For a little while, I thought, I'm definitely going to go. So I went down an opening night, went through the format, didn't know how it would run at the time. I was very, very nervous walking through the door to kind of seven or eight people at the time that were there, that got there before me. 
it was quite overwhelming. I felt like for, for me personally, having tried a few different therapies and been to my GP a couple of times and there wasn't really anything that, that massively helped me. So when I walked in, I didn't really know what to expect and didn't really think it would have a huge benefit. I thought, I'll just go see what it's like, probably won't go again and we'll just carry on with life as it is. Two and a half years later, I'm now a facilitator. And so I, I've seen it literally save people's lives in the groups that I've been in and, and outside as well. It, it, it's, been, it's been a massive part of my life. The thing for me is it allows me to go in and I might not have fully formed sentences or thoughts, but as soon as you sort of actually vocalise it and verbalise what you're thinking, you start to then understand how you actually feel. And so for me, it's been massive in keeping a check on me week to week, but then also if there's any key themes that kind of stick over a certain amount of weeks or months, it's then something I think, right, well, I should probably learn a little bit more about this or speak about it to a professional or, or something like that. So every single time I go in, no matter how bad or good I am that day, I will always go away feeling better than when I walked in. Great. And you mentioned how when you walked into that room, it was overwhelming. It was daunting. Do you remember how you feel when you you first spoke? Because I imagine that not everybody comes along to the first session and actually talks. A lot of people will just sit there, take everything in, listen to what other people are saying and kind of figure out how it kind of works. So do you remember how you felt when you first got that courage to speak up? Yeah, it's one of the, I think for me, it's one of those moments that I don't think I'll ever forget. I remember exactly where I was sat in the room. I pretty much know, because some of the faces still attend, some of them don't, but I pretty much know exactly who was in the room, exactly where they were sat in the room. I can picture the room. It, it's it's so it's such a vivid memory for me. So I remember it coming around to me after maybe three or four people have, have spoken. And I just remember being really nervous. And I think everyone is went on the first time because realistically, because it is so informal and you're allowed to say pretty much whatever you want there's there's not many rules with with amc you can't talk about religion you can't talk about politics you can't talk about medication at the end of the day people aren't that are there aren't trained professionals it is a peer-to-peer support group and politics and religion we found are quite divisive topics especially when people have got quite hardline stances around them so we typically don't talk about those three things but everything else is pretty much open so when it came around to me, the first question was, how's your week been? And I definitely went on for longer than I, than I probably should have. Everyone gets the opportunity to speak. But I think that first session, we always really make kind of concession for people that have not been before. So if they do want to speak, they might want to give a little bit of background as to why they've started to attend as well. So I remember speaking about different reasons. I remember after the first question, all of my nerves and all of that kind of feeling of like, oh my God, what's happening? It all just, it's like it broke down a barrier and I just felt completely comfortable. So when it got around to me the next time, it was even easier to speak. And the more questions on the night we got through, the easier it was. So I felt just a lot of relief and a lot of just positivity, really, I think. I think it was just, I could feel the weight leaving me as I was speaking metaphorically. So hopefully that gives a bit of indication. No, yeah, it definitely does. And I was just thinking as you were talking then, 
Do you think there's a bit of stigma around these peer-to-peer groups and especially for men to attend these types of things? Yeah, definitely something I've heard and experienced previously when maybe you tell somebody that is not close to you, say it's a stranger, that you kind of attend these groups or you, you overhear people speaking or just it just even on social media, which isn't the best place to look for things around mental health advocacy. But yeah, I think some some people that maybe aren't quite tuned in with mental health and men's mental health in general will think, oh, well, why are you going to go there and sit and talk about being depressed or sit about and talk talk about stuff? Do you know what I mean? So, but generally, like, we have a really, really good laugh at the groups. So whatever people think it is, most of the time, when they're thinking a negative, it's definitely not that. So most of the time, you can be talking about kind of things that aren't too serious. People might just want to get some frustrations out and and whatnot before they, they they kind of grow into bigger things like anger so yeah I've, I've heard the stigma and i've heard the things that people might say about attending peer-to-peer support groups but i generally don't subscribe to it and, and if anyone w- wanted to have a conversation with me or i had the opportunity to speak to them one-to-one i think i could quite easily explain what it was like and they would quite easily then go ah fair enough i probably didn't know I think it just comes from a place of either not wanting to engage with it or just having never engaged with it, not purposefully. Yeah, I suppose there's a big education piece in there, isn't there? And if people haven't attended one of these meetings, or there'll be a lot of people that haven't even heard of them, then they just they just don't know. And I suppose you don't have to come into those meetings and unpack everything at the door. It's a slow yeah. process, like you say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... As a facilitator, do you feel quite a big responsibility in that room on a Monday evening? Yeah, we. I think as a facilitator, we do. There's, for context, we have, I think at Preston now, we've got eight or nine facilitators and we drop in and drop out. I think, obviously, it's the same with any any voluntary role. You've Everyone's got lives and some people are away here and there. So we've always got kind of three or four that will attend each week. And so, yeah, there is a, there is a big responsibility because as much as it isn't and is structured you do need a facilitator there to shape the kind of group and ask the questions and we don't give advice because it is a peer-to-peer support group we're not trained professionals so we're not trained to give anyone any advice but we are there to talk about our own experiences and so if someone had quite a big share we would thank them for the share and say thank you very much it's it must be really hard what you're going for at the moment I've been through something similar and I tried this. Not sure if it might work for you, but it's maybe something to think about. And you're just sharing things from your experience as well. And so as a facilitator, you're there to make sure that everyone gets their own turn. Other people can obviously talk to the person that has shared and react to it. And so they can give theirs. But it's also bringing them back into it as well, not letting things get off course because at the end of the day, You've got two hours on a Monday. Like I say, you might have 30 people attending. We'd split up into groups, smaller groups. So you'd probably want ideally no more than 10 in a group. And so you just want to make sure everyone gets that opportunity to speak because everyone has the same rights to, to be able to get whatever they want off their chest. So how do you translate all of this great work that you're doing on a Monday evening into your day job? Is there anything that you've learned or any skills that you've picked up that you can bring into talk talk and bring into your talent acquisition role 
Yeah, so talent acquisition is all about talking to people, really. You're speaking to people on a day-to-day basis, asking them things like, why would you be right for the, the role that they've maybe applied for? You're asking about maybe the personal circumstances, salaries, notice periods, right to work, all that kind of stuff. And and we're, we're also trying to assess how we think they would be a good fit for the role. And so realistically, what I'm doing in my TA role is very similar to the facilitating role because I'm asking questions, I'm being empathetic, I'm speaking to people, I'm allowing them to talk, just making sure that the person on the other end of the phone or the other end of the the Teams meeting or, or whatever medium that we're using is having the opportunity to speak and put their best self forward. So having the skills through facilitating has definitely helped with, with, with TA. I think also as well, it's also helping me make sure that my colleagues are okay as well. And it's made sure that if I see something and or notice that someone's acting slightly differently or if someone reacts a certain way, um, they might not necessarily always react that way. I will always question that and think, are they okay? And so it might just be a team's message just to say, just just noticed that you kind of said this, are you all right? Do you want to have a chat? Or even if we're in the office, recently there was a there was a there was an incident and somebody had to be quite resilient and they're quite early in their career. And so just literally went over, sat down, just said, How are you feeling about this? What's going on? You can't do anything about it. No one's made a mistake. But how are you feeling about it? What can you learn from it? And so asking these sorts of questions just allows them if they're sat there in work thinking, oh my, this is this has happened and what am I going to do about it? When realistically they couldn't at the time, there was nothing that they could have done. There's nothing that they'd done wrong, just a situation that had happened. Absolutely. And it's it's so important because there's there's so many people who think that speaking up or saying how they feel is going to be seen as a weakness, especially in the workplace. So in general, if there's something that we can take away from you today to be more mindful and to help some of our colleagues, what would that be? It's a good question. Um, I think that you've got to remember that everyone is going through something at any time. I've sat in rooms with people who are going through the most unimaginable trauma, mood swings, mental health disorders, and before and after the meeting, you would not have guessed. You, you would literally put that person in front of you, have 15 minutes with them, half an hour, an hour, whatever amount of time, and you would think they are absolutely fine. And then for two hours, they talk about some of the most unimaginable pain that you can think of. And then afterwards, they're, they're exactly the same as they were at the beginning. And I think you have to remember that we all, no matter who we are, have our things and things that are going right, things that are going wrong, things that you would want to go a little bit better. And just allowing people to have that, give, give people some slack. I think a lot of the time now, a lot of things in life due to the internet, social media, next day delivery, you can tap things and you can have a, a song play on your phone instantly. Everything is immediate. Everything is perfect. Every social media post that someone puts up, for the majority of people, it's their perfect life that they're portraying. So I think just be empathetic, 
remember that everyone else is going through their own stuff. And and one thing to remember is that, and we always say at AMC, is it isn't top trumps. So whatever, whatever, <laughs> I'm showing my age now, some people might not know what top trumps are. Um, <laughs> Google it if you don't. <laughs> but um, just remember that whatever is the worst thing that's happened for you, it's no more or no less important than the worst thing that's happening to somebody else because you're all still going through lots of thinking, lots of things that have happened in the past, things that you want to happen in the future. It's all the same because for you, that is the hardest thing. For someone else, something else is their hardest thing. So just be empathetic and acknowledge the fact that everyone's going through their own stuff, cut some slack and just be slightly more kind of accepting of things and don't react maybe as as quickly. I think that's something that I would probably say. Yeah, and and we've got to think everyone's trying the best, right? Everyone's doing the best they can, the best of their ability. Yeah, absolutely. So Chris, what would you say to other people who might be interested to find out a bit more about Andy's Man Club, but they might be scared to come along or nervous to approach you? Yeah, don't be nervous to approach me. If you see me in the office or have me on Teams or anything like that, or social media, etc., please feel free to reach out to me. Please don't feel nervous or scared to speak to me. Um, so in terms of the group itself, acknowledge that you are scared and a bit nervous to attend. That's that's fine. That's normal. We've got people that have attended our group. One of my genuine best friends that I've met through AMC, he drove to AMC four times, sat in the car park and then drove home. And that that honestly happens to so many people. So many people have said to me, I drove down and I didn't come in the first week, and then the next week they've come in. And so having that knowledge that people do that, I think maybe disarms people to think, yeah, okay, I get that it's a, a scary process maybe, and it's daunting. At the end of the day, it might be the first time that they've ever reached out. They might not have had the conversation with the GP, and they might not have had the support because of various waiting lists that they've got to be on. So acknowledge first that you you are scared and you are nervous but the reason why you're scared and nervous is probably because that you know inside that you need help or support again it goes back to the acceptance of that don't feel like that you can't reach out to people you can so once you've decided to go the aim for me just get through the door don't think about anything else just think i'm gonna walk through the door I'm going to go and get a cup of coffee or a tea or biscuits because that's what we have every week. Just go and get whatever you want, sit down, and you don't even have to speak the first week. We have people that have been there four weeks in a row and still haven't spoken, and it's not awkward whatsoever. We all pass a ball around. That's kind of the the acknowledgement of who's speaking at the time. And all you just say is, I'm not going to speak this week, thanks very much, and move it on to the next one. That is absolutely fine. For me, you could come for six months and not speak. But if that's helping you, that's helping. Why not? There's no there's no set rules of how to be in an AMC group. It's just however you want to be. So just try and get through the door and take it from there. Be open to it. Be honest. Be vulnerable. Being vulnerable is a very big thing with this process. Once you learn that you're vulnerable and people react in a way that you might be quite scared to say what you're going to say because of how people might or have previously judged you or talked to you. And so when you go to AMC and people don't judge you and react in a very supportive manner, that vulnerability then 
stops you feeling the shame around what you're maybe thinking? Yeah, I always think back to, I, I was listening to a story from Dolly Parton one day and she said that she does a lot of her singing because shame can't exist in the spoken word. And I guess that comes back to a lot of what you've just said there. Yeah, sounds good. Chris, thank you so much for being so open and chatting to us today so openly about your own experiences, but also about Andy's Man Club. What I'll do is I'll post a link into the description of this podcast so that anyone who's listening can find out more information themselves and then also come to you if they feel like they want to. No worries, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.